0: Hello and welcome to episode 126 of Yeah, it's that bad. My name is Joel and I'm Kevin. This is the show that looks at supposedly bad movies and asks the question: Is it really that bad? And what that boils down to is that we look at movies that are and Rotten Tomatoes and to reevaluate that score. Does it really deserve to be that low? Tonight's movie is 2003's The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, directed by Marcus Nispel, starring Jessica Beale, Jonathan Tucker, Erica Learson, Mike Vogel, Eric Balfour, David and R. Lee Ermey. Texas Chainsaw Massacre is a 2003 American slasher film and a remake of the 1974 horror film of the same name. This film currently holds a 36% on Rotten Tomatoes. How about a plot synopsis?
1: On August 18, 1973 in Texas, Erin, her boyfriend Kemper, their friends Andy and Morgan, and the hitchhiker Pepper are returning from a vacation in Mexico having been to a Leonard Skinnerd concert. At It's not even true, right? No, they they were going to the concert. They were going to the concert. Kemper is driving when a disturbed young woman dangerously wanders onto the road. They decide to help her and the woman commits suicide inside the vehicle. They decide to look for a telephone to call the sheriff and they end in the house of Thomas Hewitt where their lives
0: are threatened by the sick Leatherface and his deranged family. Okay, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake. What is your history with this? I don't have
1: any history with this. I've never seen any of these Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies. There's 400 of them them, I think. Uh-huh. I have no experience with that. I know who Leatherface is. That's it. How?
0: If you've never seen any of these movies. It's, I've heard of them. <laughs> okay. I read all the novelizations. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Do you remember seeing the trailer for this movie? Yeah, vaguely. I remember seeing this trailer a lot during this time period. I distinctly remember it had that pretty cool effect of uh, a flash bulb going off, and it made that, that noise, that fee noise. For a period, a lot of trailers ripped that off, I recall. So that's the the lasting impression of this movie. I don't even know
1: what you're talking about. <laughs> go,
0: go back and watch the trailer. You know what the hell I'm talking about. As for me, just like you, I've never seen any of the Texas Chainsaw movies before. I know nothing about the history. Very little. Like, I have a vague recollection of who Leatherface is. That's about it. From what I've gathered, the original movie, it's supposed to be awesome. It's supposed to be really good. Mm-hmm. Will this remake stack up, Kevin? Tune in. Oh, <laughs> <Find> the- <laughs> Oh, oh, yeah. And uh, do you ever see a, a movie from the 80s called Summer School? It's a comedy. I don't think I have. I have. And that movie has a big Texas Chainsaw subplot in it. And that's the extent of my knowledge on this series. Okay. Okay, let's do what we always do at the top of the show. We'll discuss the actors one by one, and we'll see how you thought they did. This is going to be a tough one, Kevin, I think. We'll see. A real tough one. I don't know who any of these people are. Do I need to pull my phone out? Yeah, yeah, we got to do that. Okay, I'm going to zero in on only three of them because okay. I know who they are. All right. Okay, first up, Eric Balfour. This guy, triumphant return. Yeah, it's that bad. This guy was in Skyline back in episode 30 or something. We reviewed this guy in a movie. Mm-hmm. I didn't like him then, and I'm sad to say I didn't really care for him in this movie either. He was a lot better in this in Skyline, though. I'll give him that.
1: I didn't have any problem with him. We
0: didn't spend all that much time with him, but he was all right. I didn't openly dislike him, but I didn't think he was great. How about that? Yeah, I agree with that. Okay, after that, triumphant return yet again, Jessica Biel. Remember Stealth? I do remember Stealth. Do you remember Valentine's Day? I do remember (laughs) Valentine's Day. Do you remember Jessica Biel? (laughs) So
1: it's something you've said a handful of times. Oh, yeah? You're going you're to start quoting me now? Yes. Is you've, you've mentioned that a female actress's physical appearance was distracting to you? Oh, man.
0: This is prime time
1: for that. I don't think I've ever had it happen to me before this movie. It was distracting. She is gorgeous in this. Her attractiveness is like off the charts. And it's not only that, right? They have her dressed up. Yes. It's that hat she's wearing and the, the little her. the little like tank top that shows her stomach unreal it was very distracting what about the
0: gratuitous ass shot later in the movie
1: every shot of her was gratuitous <laughs> <laughs>
0: Okay, so this is probably the third, maybe the fourth time she's been on this show. I don't remember. This, above all, is the one movie where her beauty, it really shows through. They really played her down in Valentine's Day. She was more like a career girl. Yep. She was like a frumpy airline pilot guy in (laughs)
1: stealth. Yeah, both of those movies focused on her masculinity. Yes. which she has. She does, and you can see it in this movie too, a little bit. I mean, she's she looks like she could beat the crap out
0: of me. She could rumble with the
1: boys, (laughs) but she's gorgeous in this movie, stunning and just off the charts attractive. When you stand next to a supernova, huh, Kevin? (laughs) I still don't know what that means. But, you know, in a movie where we're supposed to be on the edge of our seats, we're supposed to be scared. Yeah. All I can think is like, man, she is gorgeous.
0: Yeah. I was thinking that too. And it
1: it ruins the mood of the movie.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Damn, man. It's unreal. I I don't like spending so much time talking about someone's physical appearance. No, I I agree. I I try not to do that. But when we get like this level, it's it's hard not to. It's not just that she's attractive,
1: right? Like it's thrown in your face.
0: No, it's the core element of this character for sure
1: yeah like she's a stereotype exactly they find every excuse in the world to get her wet towards the end of the movie <laughs> yeah right they have sprinklers it's raining she falls in a puddle if there's water around they find some way to throw it on her yeah and look, that being said, all that aside, I thought she was phenomenal. Oh yeah? I thought she did a great job. When she was getting like seriously like upset and and was scared, like I saw it in her. Like I thought she did a really good job with that. I was really surprised at how well she did in those scenes. I'll
0: give you this. This is probably the best B.O. performance we've had on this show, bar none. Oh yeah, I completely agree with There's that. There's only really one instance in this movie where I was like, oh, that was really bad. Like what she did. But for the most part, she was fine. Yeah. She's got the looks. She's got the talent. Kevin. Full package. Look at this. And finally, R. Lee Ermey. I pronouncing sheriff? that right? Uh, yeah.
1: yeah. Is that the sheriff?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Full metal oh, jacket.
1: Nailed it. All right. I've never seen that movie. Oh,
0: Kevin. You should probably check out the first half of that movie and turn it off, because he's only in the first half, and he's awesome. It's Kubrick, isn't it? Of course. Yeah. And we know how we feel about him on this show. <laughs> <laughs> This guy is good all the time. He killed it. He is this movie for me. He's the best thing in this movie. In fact, he is the only reason I would say you would see this movie. He's all aside from. Oh, Beale's beautiful bod. (laughs) Yeah, this, this guy is This guy's always good I, He's really good in Seven too He was in that? Yeah I don't even remember mm-hmm. He he plays the same role Over and over and over again He pretty much just plays himself Yeah But he does it so well It's so much fun Like again Like Michael Sheen And Raul Julia He knows he's in a stupid ass movie mm-hmm. And he's having a, the time of his life Oh yeah, absolutely he's, right? he's, he's great He brings a lot of life To this movie A lot of joy To a joyless Yeah, film. he's
1: the only Yes The only bright spot here In a
0: very dark movie Cameron Bright spot <laughs>
1: it's the complete opposite of a Cameron <laughs> <You're> Bright spot
0: <laughs> I feel like we, we gotta stop talking about Cameron Bright I think he's aged out I think Cameron Bright's gonna he's gonna hear this at some point I, I he's know, gonna I... get
1: back to him he's gonna be upset with us yeah yeah
0: I don't want to hurt his feelings anymore I feel like it's not even him anymore right no it's above it's beyond him it, it, it's like the character Cameron Bright <laughs> that <laughs> we've created <laughs> it's a Cameron Bright in our minds and in our hearts <laughs> But anyway, Arlie Ermy, how do you do? Oh, it's fantastic. He's the best thing I've ever seen in my life <laughs> on the silver screen. <laughs> <laughs> that's a bit strong, yeah. But, but uh, he
1: nails the cop, army guy, oh, sheriff yeah, guy. Yeah, I and mean, he's that's him. You
0: want a corrupt cop? Don't look no further.
1: No, he wouldn't be corrupt. <laughs>
0: This guy sticks to his principles. Oh, you think so? Absolutely. All right. No, no, no. He's corrupt, but in a good way. Like to to get the criminals. Okay. He he breaks They'll all the stop rules. stop at nothing. <laughs> It's chaotic good. All right, let's get into the brief history of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. This film is the first of many horror remakes to come from Michael Bay's Platinum Dunes production company. Is that so? I thought it was Amityville. No, this is the first. It makes sense, too, because this set the template for everything that came from those people. It really does. Yeah. The look, the feel, everything. This film, like the 1974 original, as well as Psycho, was inspired by Wisconsin serial killer Ed Gibbs. Gein. skinned human bodies and made up furniture out of it, but he acted alone and did not use a chainsaw. Most of his victims were already dead, and he only personally killed two people. Kirsten Dunst, Katie Holmes, and Jessica Alba were considered to play Aaron. None of them could compare to this, I don't think. Alba maybe, but she wouldn't be able to handle the acting. Agreed. Definitely not Kirsten Dunst. Get out of here. A then-unknown John Larroquette provided the narration in the original The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Despite becoming a distinguished actor in the year since, he happily agreed to reprise his role in the remake. That was him? guess so. That's I cool. I didn't notice. That's really cool. Yeah, I like that guy. Oh yeah? I liked him in Night Court. Love Night Court. <laughs> <laughs> a deleted subplot detailed Aaron being pregnant, which was why, when they went to Mexico, she didn't drink the water or smoke the weed, as they talked about in the final cut. On his final day of shooting, Eric Balfour stripped down through his war Drove back to the crew and walked off the set wearing only a baseball cap. Woo! that's in true yes that bad fashion what do you think of that what does that mean it
1: was probably 90 degrees oh yeah so he stripped nude like martin does (laughs) yeah
0: okay this movie had a 9.5 million budget and it made 107 million dollars worldwide that is amazing what do you account for that you
1: know if you think about it like what they didn't really do much it 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 seems to make sense that this would be a low budget movie i mean it's insane to think that nine and a half million is a low
0: budget that's chump change. It's not,
1: but they, you know, this stuff was low-tech. They didn't do anything fancy. No CG needed. And Beale was... She wasn't who she is today at this point, right? I mean, they probably got her for fairly cheap. This
0: movie probably made her what she is today. Seventh Heaven made her what she is today. Uh, uh, Forgive me, please.
1: But that, I mean, that's an amazing return, right? I mean, you can see why they've pumped out a billion horror movies. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, traditionally, horror movies always do really well in the box office. Always. No matter how bad they are, they always make their money back. Because... Specifically, horror movies are made on the cheap. Yeah. And they always make their cash back. It's usually because there's nothing the, else to compete with it.
1: There always seems to be a need for it. I mean, there's a huge audience for horror movies. Yeah. I'm not that audience. Neither I am I. don't care for these movies, but it's amazing how many people will just go see a movie because it's a horror film.
0: they are great date films. That's part of it as well. I guess. No? You don't think so? No. You prefer your romantic comedies. Absolutely. <laughs> I like <laughs> dramedies. Oh, okay. Like uh, Dan board. in real life. Life. <laughs> wow! <laughs> okay, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So this movie starts off, it typical yes that bad fashion with a voiceover narration. Although I, I kind of like this mystery voiceover man who I had no idea was John Larroquette. Yeah, I I really like the intro to this movie. Yeah, I actually thought it was pretty cool. At first, when he first started talking, I was rolling my eyes like crazy. But as he kept speaking, I was like, this guy's pretty good at this. He's <laughs> winning me over
1: yeah, this whole this this whole backstory of what's going on and the, the fact that they found these these tapes that are like the only I guess evidence of this you know this murder that happened of the actual police walkthrough and you start seeing that happen that's probably the most intense moment of the movie for me in the first three seconds. Yeah, you disagree? Tell me more. It's just I kept expecting something insane to happen and it looked very real. I knew it wasn't real. Yeah, it was very Blair Witch kind of. But yeah, and and if people get at me all the time about this, but Blair Witch freaked me out probably more than any other movie has. Yeah? It got to me. I know a lot of people didn't phase them, but it got to me.
0: Uh, Yeah, me too. You know, I really, just for a a quick side tangent, I really dislike when people come down on Blair Witch. That movie deserves everything it got. Oh, yeah. It started- A a uh, genre. Yeah. It created a genre. It did something new. In a world where people make remakes, like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, that movie did something different. Mm -hmm. But anyway. That movie was so unsettling to me that when I saw
1: this, I was like, oh, no. Yeah.
0: <laughs> God, where, where are we going with this? Why are we going into the basement? I felt that this opening with a cop would pay off. It didn't pay off enough for me. This thing, as interesting as it is, this intro, it really went nowhere. It seems as if it was there just to pay homage to the original. That's it. Oh, okay. Did they do? Having something? never seen the original, I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Well, clearly they did. I mean, John Larroquette. It's true. Did it? All right. Let me ask you this right now. So this movie is set in the seventies. My biggest complaint with the Amityville Horror was that it's supposed to be the. 70s and it felt like it was shot yesterday mm-hmm. did this movie feel like the 70s that's
1: a really good question yeah i think it did
0: it at least had period appropriate music yeah they tried a little bit
1: yeah i mean they the the dress was similar the 70s uh-huh yeah they did, a, they did a good job i mean a lot of this movie happens outside of a
0: yeah a city so it was hard to grasp when
1: they were yeah like these, these backcountry areas are no different today than they were in the 70s right yeah at least that's what media has told me. And you trust the media completely. 100%, absolutely. So yeah, I I don't have any problem with it being set in the 70s and and not being in that time frame. I think they did a good job of placing me in a certain time and space. Alright, so we're thrown into this traveling van and it's got basically these two people making out in the back seat. There's another dweeby looking guy. The
0: nerd. Stereotypical nerd. Yeah.
1: Just because he's got glasses on, it makes him the nerd. Uh Uh-huh. And in the you got
0: Eric Belfour driving and just Jessica Biel in the passenger seat. Yeah. Did you see Cabin in the Woods? Yeah. The archetypes that that movie is mocking, Mm -hmm. I felt like they were all in play. Oh, yeah. In this. So they start off like immediately,
1: they're talking to Jessica Biel about how she didn't drink in Mexico. She's the virgin crude. I immediately was like, yep, I know where this movie's going. She lives, the rest of them die. What makes you say this, Kevin? (laughs) coming from i said that to my wife i was like she was she was walking out of the room and i was like yeah you might as well just leave because this is exactly what's gonna happen jessica is gonna live everyone else is gonna die she's like how do
0: you know that <laughs> <laughs> how could you possibly imagine that <laughs> It's not as if 10 billion other movies have done this exact same thing.
1: Yeah, it, it would have been really nice for them just to throw us a curveball, right? Yeah, I agree with you. I really do.
0: I really wish they did. Yeah, they. this is a paint-by-numbers movie. <laughs> Thank you for saying that. I mean, wow, we're, we're like right at the start of this review. Everybody, we're like, this is the most formulaic thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, it really is. They were not taking chances on this remake. <laughs> And and, and you know what? People pay with their dollars and told them, this is what we want. We want the same thing over and over and over and over. And you know what? That's what Kevin Woods really is about. It's about the horror genre and how generic and formulaic it is. Mm -hmm. And that how people rebel when anything's different. Mm -hmm. But you and I are not the the typical horror movie fans. We're coming into this looking for a a movie, not a genre movie, Mm -hmm. but a movie. You know, that's not really fair though, right? For us. to do that because you and I go to see a sci-fi movie. Are we going to be a little more lenient if we go to see a time travel movie or something?
1: A 100%. I've said this before. Any movie, throw a superhero in it that I'm familiar with, yeah, pretty much bumps it up a star just because I like seeing Iron Man on the screen.
0: So pretty much every comic book movie you review, we should dock a star. That's your real rating.
1: Yeah, probably. You know, that's just because that's what my personal taste is. That's what I like to see. We're grading these things on our own personal opinions. Absolutely. And That's how it is for me. I I like superheroes. I like time travel. They get the benefit of the doubt from me.
0: Time traveling superhero. Oh my god! Got to get it it done. Let's do it. I think you get your wish. Days of Future Past, right? Yeah, it's coming. Anyway, what do you say to to somebody who says to you, Hey, you! You have no business watching this movie. You don't even like this genre. Someone says, I have no business to see it. That's a little strong.
1: I can watch anything I want to watch. How dare you? But if you are a horror fan and you're going to listen to this review, know that it's, it's not in my wheelhouse. So whatever my end score is, maybe you bump it up a star or two if this is your cup of tea. Other than that... I, I don't know what to tell him, and it's just not my—it's not my thing. Okay, I don't swing that way.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you definitely swing one way, but uh, <laughs> it's not like that. <laughs> I'm going to take it in another direction here. So you and I, we might complain about this sort of stuff. But these are the elements of the genre. These are what makes the genre. To a certain extent, someone who likes these kind of movies expects these things to be in there and they'd be upset. Here's an example. Sports movies. They have underdogs in them all the time. You've seen this a million times. How many times have you seen like a Rudy kind of story where some underdog runt character isn't meant to play the sport, but they do it anyway and they rise to the top? Blah, blah, blah. You expect them to win the big game. Yeah. All the movies do that over and over and over again. Is it bad that they do that? That's what you're there to see.
1: That's an interesting point because it's... You're right, though, that to a certain extent, these things are created for their audience. And a lot of times, the audience of those movies are kids. Okay. Kids want a happy ending. Kids don't want the mist.
0: (gasps) <gasps> they should get the
1: mist. But it, they don't need to literally follow these archetypes with every horror movie. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like the they exact can, same they screenwriting template. Throw a curveball. Like I understand that it's it's a tenant of the genre, but you, you can change things a little bit without completely ruining it, right? I like to think so. I'd, I'd hope so. It doesn't seem like it's the case, though. I mean, I guess... Some of these movies lately have been turning the horror genre on its head, right? Like paranormal activity. That's completely different, right? Okay. But I guess that throws back to Blair Witch. It all starts at
0: Blair Witch. Oh, here we go again. Well, I guess maybe stuff like Saw and Hostile torture porn stuff is a reaction to this stuff. This very generic paint-by-numbers horror. Yeah,
1: that's a good point. Where they give you I actually show you the horror instead of making you feel the sense of horror. And that's what this movie tries to do, right? It tries to scare you, try to make you jump yeah. without actually... We don't really see much gruesome scenes no. in this movie, right? It, you know, there's different options out there, obviously, but I guess this people like this formula-driven horror film. That's why people go, go to the theaters in droves to see it. $109 million can't be wrong. Yeah, you can't argue with that. No. You know, what do we always say in this show? Follow the money. And look where it got us. <laughs> so, everyone's driving along in this van. They're smoking pot. Smoking that reefer. They're throwing around a pinata. Viva pinata. And all of a sudden, there's this girl all on the road and they almost run her over they stop they get out they're like hey hey, what's wrong with you you okay and Skrull's like mumbling she's incoherent they kidnap her basically yeah they throw her in this van you're
0: gonna say they kidnapped her like it's the bang bus
1: Let me ask you a question. Sure. You're driving along. Uh-huh. You see someone wandering the streets. Uh-huh. Do you stop and pick them up? No. I keep on going. You keep on going. You mind your own business. I don't look twice. That's how we do it in the Northeast, and that's how they should do it across the country.
0: <laughs> I tell you, if movies have taught me anything, you don't pick up hitchhikers.
1: No, you stay away from strangers in general. Period. Anyone's yeah. <laughs> out to kill you or rape you. Absolutely. <laughs> that's what these movies have taught me over the years. That's why I have one of my doomsday Boxes at home, where I just I just stay what? in there all day. I have my guns and my, my eighteen days of food supplies.
0: You know, I actually had a situation like this one time when I was in college. I was going somewhere, and and like two guys ran up to my car. Hey, 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 wait, wait, wait! Can you give us a ride? We need to go wherever. And I was like, Pff, no, and I drove off. <laughs> Did you run their feet over? No, man, they made me nervous. I got real nervous. I was like, every single piece of media I have ever seen with people hitchhiking has ended with the driver getting slaughtered. See ya.
1: It's interesting though, because you know, there's only been like a handful of cases where a hitchhiker has actually assaulted a driver. I'd
0: imagine that it's the hitchhiker who's in more danger than the actual driver.
1: Yeah, I think that's probably true. But there's, there was a few cases of it back in the day. And that's why like, there's like laws that ban it and stuff. Ah, okay. Yeah. People overreacted to it. For your own protection, Kevin. So they they take this girl. They bring her in. They're going to help her out. She is mumbling and acting crazy.
0: Mumblecore.
1: And, and, and the whole time, I'm just like, why did they put this crazy person in their car? Like, this is the stupidest thing ever. They're stupid people. They deserve whatever is going to happen to them from now oh, on. Oh, come on. Good Samaritan law. No. <laughs> no. Pick up a crazy person. You need to deal with the consequences. So she's mumbling to herself. She all of a sudden reaches down and pulls a gun out of somewhere? Out of her delicate lady parts. Is that where it came from? Absolutely. That was, I was like, where did that come from? This doesn't make any sense. There's no pockets on that sundress that would hold a gun. So she pulls this gun out, sticks it in her mouth, blows her brains out. Yeah. We get this pretty cool scene. Yes. With the camera on, everyone in the van screaming, pulling back, pulls back through the hole in the girl's head as her head falls back and then through the, the shattered glass in the back
0: window. That looked great. That was awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. Can we talk about the look of this film? Go for it. What did you think of the aesthetics in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake? I feel like this is another influential thing. So many more movies look like this. Oh, what, like the color tones? The color tones, having like creepy baby dolls everywhere. Everything's dirty and grimy. Just like the style of it. Yeah.
1: Um, I thought it was all pretty effective. I, I I thought they did a good job of kind of drawing me into the world with all that. I, I, I liked it, actually. I, I think this is a very a very good looking
0: film. Yeah, I think from, from a v- typical Michael Bay, visually excellent. Yeah, absolutely. Especially the people, like the, the kooky characters that are in this movie, the way they look. Mm-hmm. They're all very interesting looking. Oh yeah, absolutely. One thing that I thought was kind of interesting in this scene was that the nerd doesn't want to call the cops because the van's full of drugs. Mm-hmm. He just wants to ditch the body. Yep. But the hero, quote unquote hero guy, he takes the drugs and throws them away. And he's like, no, I'm calling the cops. Mm-hmm. That's different than these kind of movies I thought yeah you're right usually it would be like this snowball effect of them not wanting to call the cops and things yep. get worse and worse that's and a good point I thought I was surprised by that I was genuinely surprised that he did that they behaved like adults for at least this portion of the film mm-hmm. they behaved like rational adults a lot of times in movies characters do stupid things and it just snowballs and it's like you idiot if you'd only told the truth in the beginning yeah. none of this would have happened mm-hmm. these guys are just gonna tell the truth
1: so they they go to this place where they're supposed to meet the sheriff and they run into this super creepy kid.
0: Yeah. What's the deal with Feral this Feral child. <laughs> now? Jody Foster. It's Jody Foster running around. He is, uh, he looks just really weird. Yeah, he is a weird looking kid. He's really dirty. He's creepy. He's always kind of in the background running around doing something. This, by the way, this movie attempts the generic jump scare where something runs in the foreground really quick. Yeah. It does it twice in this film. Each time it had a negative 10 effect on me. I just sat there dead. I didn't move an inch. Did it get you? No. Nothing in this movie worked as far as like the scares. I agree. I was never scared once. Not once was I ever scared during this movie. And I'm easily
1: scared. Oh yeah? Like a child. Uh did jump scares get you? Sometimes. Sometimes. Sometimes <laughs> Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So this kid does has probably my favorite scene in this whole movie. Really? Yep. He gets a big stick (laughs) and he starts poking the
0: dead body. Sure, but that's the first thing you do. (laughs) I thought that was hilarious. I burst out laughing. They slapped him on his ass, right? They're like, get out of here, kid. (laughs) He ran away like, like he pooped himself. It was so funny. I
1: laughed like for like three minutes after that. <laughs> like the kid just poked a dead body with a stick. That's great. Oh, so good. So the kid, they're they're asking a the kid, hey, where is the sheriff? The kid tells them to go. There's a like that sheriff's house is through the woods. So Jessica Biel and our hero, Eric Balfour, they go off into the woods to go get the sheriff. They show up at this plantation house giant mansion house again in the middle of nowhere like nothing around i don't know why anyone would live in a place like this so they get into this house and there's this super creepy old guy in a wheelchair legless i don't even know if i need to keep saying super creepy because every single person in this movie that's not in our main group from the van is super
0: creepy they get creepier i think that's a good point especially the like the two women we meet later oh they're they're the height of creepiness but we'll get there
1: um so they ask this old guy they can use the phone. He's real weird about it. He's like, yeah, Jessica Beale, you can come use my phone. If not you, Eric <laughs> Balfour. I saw Skyline. Get out. <laughs> So uh he has her in the house. She calls the sheriff's office. Whoever she talks to says sheriff
0: will be there 30 minutes. No problem.
1: Was that was that the real sheriff's office?
0: Yeah, I was wondering that too. If there was like a fake sheriff and a real sheriff and that like the real sheriff would show up later in the movie. Yeah. I honestly thought that would happen. I did too.
1: So Jessica Biel, she's satisfied, but um Eric Balfour, he's he's a bit, he's a bit nosy. So he goes into the house despite the old man's warnings and it is at exactly
0: 32 minutes into
1: this movie that our villain makes his appearance.
0: How did you feel about the way that they presented him? By the way, kudos to them for not keeping us in suspense, I guess. Mm -hmm. Usually we have to wait an hour. Yeah. But this movie was only an hour and a half, so they had to get to cut to the quick. I thanked them for it, by the way, for being so (laughs) short.
1: (laughs) yeah it was it was pretty good i mean he, he he popped out pretty quickly he he cracked
0: that guy's skull open so hard yeah he crushed him <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much the only scene I liked of Leatherface, really, was this. Him cracking him over the skull. I kind of find this character to be kind of ineffectual for me. I don't know. How do you feel about the Leatherface character? This being your first encounter with him. Uh,
1: At this point, I'm still with it. Like I'm meeting him for the first time. I I know who he is, but this is the first time we're seeing him in the movie. I don't like what they did with this character in this movie, though. You mean, like,
0: story-wise? Yeah, I
1: don't like the backstory. Ah. I don't know if that's from the original or not. So, when we finally see the main villain, who's Leatherface, it's this big hole of a guy yeah like the big show so he's got this mask on his face that looks like it's it's leather and that's why it's leather face but it's actually like human skin yeah he's wearing wearing someone else's face <laughs> take his face off. <laughs> so that's an interesting notion, right? Like th- that this guy takes people's faces off and wears them. We all wear masks, Kevin. Wow, that's a really good point. <laughs> yeah. But that's an interesting thing for a character to do. There could be some... Cra- yeah, you gotta be crazy to do that. Yeah, and then probably some interesting backstory behind that of why he's hiding. But the story we get, I think, undermines the film because we find out that he was born with a facial disfigurement. Uh-huh. We actually see it at one point he basically doesn't have a nose yeah um and they talk about how he just had this physical impairment and he was tortured and bullied by everyone and he's this social outcast and that's why he became a weirdo I mean it it makes him almost sympathetic in a way right I mean I'm not saying that if you get bullied you should go around killing people wearing their faces of masks that's exactly what you're telling me but I don't want to feel sympathy at all for this character I don't want to think about him being a poor little kid that's getting made fun of oh you just wanted to be the cold-blooded killing machine? Yes. Is that too much to ask? You don't know, like a little
0: heart, little pathos to your
1: villains? He was the main villain. Yeah. Of a few, right? I mean, you could say there's a whole family is, is the villain in this movie. Yes, they're... He's just
0: a one piece he's of the, the puzzle. He's the
1: face of it. He's the leather face. Yes. Of this terrible family. I'm going to say that they're all worse than him.
0: Yes. I agree with you. I do.
1: They're scarier to me. So, that's a problem for me in this movie. Like, he's supposed to be the main act. The main villain. Villain, but it's all these other people that I find more detestable.
0: I think it was always meant to be that way. That uh, Leatherface, just like you said, was just a piece of the puzzle. But he's the one that audience is latched onto. So all the subsequent movies, they all became about him. Oh, okay.
1: So around this time, that Jessica Beale and, and and her boyfriend Kemper are at the house. Sean Kemper. Yeah, Sean Kemper. He's uh, throwing down dunks left and right. <laughs>
0: that's a that's great imagery <laughs> He's just floating around the house in a dunk pose.
1: (laughs) So, back with the rest of the group, the sheriff shows up. Yeah, finally. Finally! Get this movie going. But the sheriff's a little weird, right? Yeah. He's kind of like interrogating them. He's acting kind of weird. He's in there with the dead body. He's throwing some saran wrap around her head. He's all joking, making fun of everybody. Talking about how he would grope dead bodies.
0: Sure. He's making passive necrophilia references. It's a little weird. Sure. We also find out that the gun the girl had was his.
1: Yeah, he pulls the gun out. He's looking at it, pulls up his pant leg and slides it right into his leg holster. I like that touch. I. I didn't like it why it gave away too much yes, too soon it gave away too much too soon i would have liked if they dangled the fact that this could have been the real sheriff or at least a, a good-hearted sheriff okay in so front it, of us for a little while so i knew immediately this guy is up to no good
0: yeah so he should have put the host the gun in the holster way later yeah like uh, the gun in the holster is a good concept i think it's a very good concept yep but too soon yeah way too soon i would have
1: liked to have had a little bit of suspense here but immediately i know this guy is no Oh, good he's in cahoots with the other guys
0: you know doing it like that robs us of a potential double cross Man. think about that think about how many double crosses we could have had in this film
1: they, they really should have had sean bean as a consultant
0: all right so we get a shot of leatherface's slaughterhouse really like his slaughtertorium where he kills people slaughter-torium? <laughs> yeah where he kills people Is that where sergeant slaughter lives of course <laughs> There was some fat guy's head on the table. Do you recognize it? No, I didn't. That's Harry Knowles of Ain't It Cool News. I don't know who that is. Kevin, you call yourself a movie reviewer? I do. Shameful. (gasps) Shameful. (gasps) But anyway, yeah, there's a little cameo of that guy in this movie.
1: So Beale can't find her boyfriend. She goes back to the other group and finds that guy, Andy, who
0: is... I'm amazed. Amazed you remember the character's name. Wrote it down in my notes. Oh, yeah the real deal. I only remember one character's name, and that's Pepper, because I felt like her name was said the most. Her and Kemper. Kemper.
1: Well, Kemper was easy because he wore a baseball cap with a K
0: on it, ah,
1: so you couldn't remember okay, his name. Okay. I think he also was wearing a shirt with his name on it, too. I think he had a name <laughs> tag This wow, Kemper.
0: alright. They made it simple for us fools on the audience to yep. keep track.
1: I have no idea what Jessica Biel's name was. Yeah, no clue. So she goes back to the rest of the group, they're like, hey, the sheriff came, took the Body. Everything's okay. Let's get out of here. But she's she knows that her boyfriend's missing. So she grabs Andy, the other one of the other guys. Probably the most physically imposing of He's the He's jock stereotype. Yep. They head back to the house and they're in there. They're looking for Kemper. And then all of a sudden, we get the big money shot of Leatherface with the chainsaw. Pops out of the wall. Starts going after them. Were you happy to finally have the chainsaw? Not
0: really. This didn't really do anything for me. No? Nah, nah. This... This whole movie, I just had a lot of difficulty connecting to it for some reason. I don't know why. It really felt like a chore sitting through this. I don't know. But by the time Leatherface came out with the chainsaw, I was already gone. I'd already checked out, sadly. Aww. I was only looking forward to seeing Arlie Ermey scenes, really. That's it. But uh, you liked him running around with that chainsaw? Dancing around with it? I was glad we finally got it.
1: Little chainsaw action. I mean, we needed a chainsaw to have a chainsaw massacre. Yeah, you're right. I mean, you can't... <laughs> Would you qualify this movie as a massacre? Massacre?
0: You got to kill a lot more people for it to be a massacre. I you got to
1: kill a lot more people, and you got to kill them with a chainsaw specifically. How many chainsaw deaths? One. Pepper. Uh, no, the nerd guy got it too, right? Hmm. So two. Two people died by chainsaw. The other guy got cut by a two chainsaw. People, but that's it. A massacre does not make. I my agree friend. with you.
0: Yeah. So all this stuff with leatherfish running around, chopping that guy's leg off. Oh, whatever. I I didn't really care. He picks that guy up and throws him on a meat hook in his abattoir. Do you like that scene?
1: Uh That was probably the most cringeworthy scene. Yeah, it's pretty painful. Yeah, that was tough seeing that guy up on that hook. I've hooked myself with like a little fish hook. Yeah. And it's outrageously painful.
0: So our boy R. Lee, he comes back. He's pretty pissed off. He finds the pot in the van. He starts giving him a hard time. Mm -hmm. He takes the nerd and puts a gun in his mouth. What do you think of this stuff? I actually like this scene with him toying with the kid.
1: At this point, I was a little tired of it. Really? We've spent too much time with the sheriff, with them at the van playing games. I already know he's a bad guy. Let's just move on with this. You're not fooling me with any of this. I thought it, they were trying to force intensity down our throats yes. with this gun scene. Yes. I didn't feel it. Neither did I. All the scene was missing was like, lo- like really loud heartbeat thumping on a drum. Oh, wow. To get my you know try to get my adrenaline up. You
0: should be a screenwriter. <laughs> Well, the one thing I did like is that the scene after this, when the sheriff is driving off with the nerd, they're just like casually talking to each other in the car. That is the best scene in this movie by far, by far. I love this scene. Yeah, he's like, "Hey, where are you guys going?" "Oh, we're going to the Leonard Skinner concert." "Like, yeah, (laughs) I love Skinner. (laughs) I thought that was great. Yeah, it was good. And then he takes a beer bottle and just like bashes him in the face with it." (laughs) was amazing.
1: I love that guy's face.
0: Yes, too. he looked destroyed. Yeah, right? <laughs> I love what he says. to so He's like, "Oh, I guess that wasn't polite of me." he's just <laughs> bashing him in the face. That was amazing. That was great. That's the one shining star in this movie. During the scene where the sheriff is talking to the nerd, he says to him, "You should have never picked up that hitchhiker. You've brought this upon yourself." What kind of message is that to give the children of today?
1: That sounds just like the message I had a few minutes ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: You brought this on yourself for being a kind-hearted soul.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, look, on the surface, that's a bad message, right? I mean, you should help people in need, but there's smart ways of helping people and there's stupid ways of helping people. You gotta, I don't know, maybe a better call would have been, let's go get some help to go help that girl instead of us stepping in and picking her up and putting us at risk.
0: I think that comment gets to the core of what's at the heart of (laughs) the core of the heart of the middle of the center. (laughs) it gets to that creamy nugget center of pretty much every horror movie it's normal people getting punished severely for minor mistakes usually
1: oh yeah yeah absolutely yeah
0: do these people really deserve to get slaughtered for just taking the the left turn on the road and all this crap is that why people like this stuff because like could be me
1: yeah maybe I mean all my silly stupid comments aside they don't deserve to be killed because they picked up this girl
0: you're salivating I saw you licking your chops when you said that i was salivating yeah why was
1: i salivating
0: you <laughs> pavlov's dog <What? laughs> think about it kevin think about it but not too hard i don't think i want to
1: yeah you're right i mean maybe it's it speaks to us wanting to kind of feel like it's our, ourselves reflected up on the screen that they're just normal people that happen to walk into crazy circumstances
0: by the way everyone in this movie looked, looked like they smelled really <laughs> oh, bad man.
1: As beautiful and attractive as
0: Jessica Biel looked in this movie. She stunk. She looked
1: like she stunk. So Jessica Biel, she gets thrown in Leatherface's torture dungeon.
0: By this point in the movie, I had completely checked out. I just didn't care anymore. I don't know about you, but they had lost me completely. I just wasn't interested in anything that was going on at all.
1: still with it. I don't know,
0: this movie just really failed to connect with me.
1: I agree with that. I had no emotional connection whatsoever. I didn't care about any of the characters or what happened to them, but I was curious of what was going to happen, I guess. Uh,
0: I look back to House of Wax. Yeah. A movie that I thought was going to be a piece of crap, Mm -hmm. but I ended up enjoying a lot. And I wonder what it was that was in that one that this movie lacks. Because they're pretty similar of a guy running around, picking people off one by one. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't know.
1: But I completely agree with you. That that movie is amazing compared to this. It
0: really is. So
1: from this point on, it's just, again, it's more Jessica Biel running away from Leatherface. He he takes a chainsaw to the nerd guy. She finds her way to like a meat packing plant. Jessica Biel, she runs out to the road. A Mack truck is coming. She is able to get that guy to stop. She gets in. All of a sudden, he starts heading towards the same gas station that they were headed to in the beginning. She starts screaming the same way that- Becomes a Suicide hitchhiker. Suicide girl. Ah, there's more running and stuff. <laughs>
0: It's just running around.
1: Just run here, run there. Great. So at the gas station, she gets out of the truck. because She knows it's going down. She looks in the window and the whole creepo family's in there at the gas station. I
0: don't know what they were doing in there in the middle of the night. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? They're having a meeting. Family meeting, guys. Mid- midnight board meeting. There you go.
1: Jessica Beale goes in, kidnaps the baby, runs out to the sheriff's car. She puts her juvie skills to work and
0: she jumps the car. She runs over the sheriff. I did like this scene with her in the, jumping in the car because it made it seem like she was in the Mack truck, but in reality, she was in the police car. So it was like an old switcheroo. Like you thought Arlie Emily I was right there. for a second she was in that truck. I did. I thought she was in there. So it worked on Why me. Wasn't the truck running? I could have sworn the truck was still running. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, either way, it worked for me. I thought it was a, a very well done scene. Like I, it was like f- finally something different in a movie that just played it safe the entire time. You know, yeah. they twist. Did my expectations a little bit, which I appreciated. She gets away. The end. Almost the end. Yeah, it cuts back to the original police short we saw in the beginning. And the cop is walking around the basement. Oh, Leatherface pops out of nowhere and kills him, I guess. The end.
1: Yeah, what do we get? Like text on the screen said like they forgot to to, uh, get the whole room secure before they went down there. Yeah, the case is still
0: open. The case is still uh, open. That made me roll my eyes so hard. I really
1: wish this was on some level a true. Story, yeah, it would have been more interesting that way. Yes, I'm glad this didn't happen in real life <laughs> to be clear. <laughs> to be clear, but the fact that this is based on that true story, which was basically just that one guy who was a weirdo made furniture out of people's skin, has nothing to do with this story. So, these fake me out, this is real footage stuff is kind of worthless in my opinion because of
0: that. Yeah, it amounts to nothing. Yeah, the end. Let's find out what the real critics have to say about this movie. A contemptible film, vile, ugly, and brutal. Roger Ebert, Chicago Sun-Times, weakens, dilutes, disinfects, and otherwise undermines the legacy of Toby Hooper's 1974 original. Richard Harrington, Washington Post. And finally, a splatterfest remake that relentlessly assaults the senses and mind with no discernible redeeming social value. Okay, Kevin, this movie currently holds a 36% on Rotten Tomatoes, but is it really that bad. I think that's probably a pretty good score for this
1: movie. I'm gonna give it a two out of five. Yeah, it's that bad. I guess kind of I don't really agree with what those critics said I mean I didn't think it was vile brutal a splatter fest I didn't think it was any of that stuff that the, those critics remarked I thought it was pretty tame in that regard it wasn't gory at all but you know this movie was just so formulaic and they didn't do anything to make me care about the characters so then the movie was kind of lifeless because of that I didn't I didn't have any stakes in this I didn't care what happened to the characters and I also felt like the character of Leatherface was undermined a little bit by making it almost sympathetic in in, in a small way. But that being said, this movie looked great. I didn't think the acting was bad. I thought Jessica Biel was was pretty good in this movie. Probably the best I've ever seen her act. It was very competently made, but it's a two out of
0: five. As for me, is really that bad? Yes, this is that bad. This movie was a chore, absolute drudgery to get through. I hated it. I really hated it. I hate sitting through it. This is one of those movies where I. I sat through it and I just kept thinking to myself, there are 7 trillion other things I would rather be doing than watching this lifeless turd of a film float before my eyes. I hate it. It was in one ear, not the other. It wasn't horribly bad. It was just boring. Just bone dry boring, which is the worst thing imaginable. I gave this movie a one out of five. I hated it and I never want to see it again. But what about its prequels and sequels? I can't wait to see those. They made a sequel to this- This Right To this It's a prequel I think Yeah we get to find out How Leatherface came to be Because everybody was Clamoring to find that out Right Isn't
1: there a version From the 90s With like Renee Zellweger And Matthew Matthew McConaughey? McConaughey Yeah You wanna see that Nope Is Matthew McConaughey
0: Leatherface Okay let's read Some listener mail Okay Josh writes in And says Hey guys I'm a new listener Who managed to listen To all your podcasts In the span of a few weeks Except for the premium podcast Because I'm as cheap as Joel And I even checked out Your magic trick videos that started it all. I couldn't help but notice you have amazing hands, a full five out of five on the hand beef-o-meter. And I wanted to suggest that you do one of your podcasts as a video. However, instead of featuring your fantastically flamboyant and furtive faces, you could portray your pondering personas with prenatally pleasing puppets. He mentioned premium episodes. Where can one get those? The premium episodes? They sound pretty good.
1: They sound premium. I think there's this website you can go to. Yeah, it's that bad.bandcamp.com. Did you say yeah, it's that bad.bandcamp.com? I did. Where you can download all of our premium podcasts. And when we say premium, we mean premium. <laughs>
0: Grade A beef podcast.
1: Anyway, you were saying? I thought he was going in a different direction. Yeah? And, and the direction I liked. And then he threw in the, the puppet thing and it threw me. But I like the idea of us filming just our hands. Oh, we're doing a show? As we're doing the show. So people can like see our hand reactions.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's just take it a step further. We'll do shadow puppets. How about that? Use your, use your hands for that. That's even better. Okay. Zink writes in and says... <laughs> <laughs> That's right, Kevin. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, I know. No one's going to understand why you're laughing at that. But there's a very good reason why you're laughing at
1: that. Would uh, uh, it was a C or a K? K. Oh, he's an animal, not a mineral.
0: Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Whew, we want to talk about this so bad, huh, Kevin? But we can't. To talk about this would give away our identities.
1: Absolutely, probably.
0: (laughs) Okay, Zink writes in and says, I have a two point question. First, have you guys had an event happen to you before, in the middle of, or after a movie that made you not want to watch that movie again? Second, is there a movie that you like to have seen because of where it was shot? Or you knew someone the movie was based on? I don't know. I I feel that way a little bit about the Kevin Smith movies because they're in Jersey.
1: um Yeah, I agree with that. And also, when I was in college, a film was shot on my campus.
0: Oh yeah, which so one? That away. Ooh, that! Oh, well done. I was trying to trap you. It's revealing your identity. Because <laughs> <laughs> that would reveal my identity.
1: Yeah. Um, so I went to go see that. I was a little disappointed in that, but whatever. As for the first part of his question, I'm going to say seeing Superman Returns in IMAX 3D. Ah, yes. That like ruined that movie. The 3D components.
0: It was it looked terrible. It was the worst. I was with you when yeah. this happened. Yeah. I agree with you. After I saw the movie that one time, I never wanted to see it again.
1: I saw it in the theater regular. I enjoyed the movie. I saw it like two days later, IMAX 3D, and I hated the movie. Maybe yeah, I came to my senses a little bit, but I think part of it was that the 3D portions were just so bad, so ugly. Ah, put a bad taste in my mouth.
0: Well, there you go. <laughs> Thanks for those emails, guys. If you want to contact us, you can reach us at yeah, that bad at gmail.com. Okay, now's the time where we announce next week's movie, but Kevin, the coming week, it's the birth of this glorious nation. And as we always say on this show, don't tread on me, Kevin, because it's just one thing we love more than anything anything else, it's uh, USA, you, say. USA, USA, that's USA, right, <laughs> USA, <laughs> USA, 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 <laughs> That's right. It's the 4th of July, and we're not recording this podcast on the 4th of July. We're taking the week off. We're
1: going to take a holiday. Yeah, so we're going to take a week off, but
0: stay tuned next week, the week after next. Yeah, and well, when we come back in, what, uh, two weeks or something? Two, two weeks. Two weeks be a new something? episode. We will be reviewing the Michael Bay classic, The Island. It's worth the wait. That's got some Scarlett Johansson action in there. I'm down for that. Another pretty lady for you to ogle, Kevin. I don't mind ogling. But as for next week, we may or may not leave you in a void of nothingness. I don't know yet. Depending if I have time, I may put some content up. I'm not sure. I don't want to make any empty promises, but there may or may not be some content next week. Let's, I don't know.
1: Let's give it a percentage. What's the percentage chance there will be some content available? Four or five percent?
0: Yeah, I would I would say 333 repeating percent. That's, those are good odds. Okay, well, see you when we get back. Enjoy the 4th of July. Okay, thanks for listening to the show. If you like what you've heard, please consider subscribing. We have a new episode every Tuesday. Please leave us a positive review on iTunes. Those 5-star reviews really do help out the show. Please help spread the word of the show by liking us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash You can follow the show on Twitter at YatsBad. Yeah, you can follow Martin at yeah, Martin, and you can follow Kevin at yeah, Kev. And you can listen to the show and all your mobile devices via Stitcher. You can get that at Stitcher.com. Don't forget to get our latest premium podcast at yeahitsthatbad.com. And you can listen to all our previous episodes at yeahitsthatbad.com. Once again, thanks for listening to the show. See you next time. There's no better way to build your future than with drug money. I mean, that's how you finance your wedding,
1: right? (laughs) It's a victimless crime. Yeah, yeah, come on. It <laughs> was just a square. <laughs>